0: Welcome, another awesome day and another Keo conversation. My name is Mark Champagne and I unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today we're speaking with Kim Parnell. She is the co-founder of Blank, a groundbreaking technology that builds apps automatically without code, thus making the app development process available to everyone. She's also a social media influencer, a professional speaker, a fitness enthusiast, and a startup veteran with a successful exit under her belt. So lots to talk about. She's got a really fun story. And uh, most importantly, she's got a lot of great practices uh, physically and mentally um, that she you know, has injected in her life to keep her running at a high level to, to be involved in, in all these different projects and, and ventures. Some of the topics we dive into are around the entrepreneurial journey in general, some of the ideas and practices um, that she's got loaded up in her morning routine. We talk about hot-cold therapy, talk about controlling your mind, and also what the non-negotiables um, in, in Kim's life are and how they really help her stay grounded and focused um each day and for the first time on on the podcast we're and any of the even the written interviews uh, we dive into stoic principles uh, something i personally um believe in quite a bit and has helped uh me through um through our journey here um so so excited to share some of this this philosophy there's some really great nuggets in here to uh to take away for for each day And of course, if you enjoy the conversation, please give us some love wherever you're listening. A review goes a long way in iTunes or in your podcast app. So if you take the time to do this, uh, please do leave a reflective question that has really made a difference in your life. And I'll come through the reviews and share these questions uh, throughout the the episode. So the the question of the day is coming from Mitch in Montreal, Um, a real simple one, but super impactful if you really take the time to think about this and the question is am i hydrated i actually use this um in my day i have a reminder set through Keo that pops up at 2 p.m every day uh, am i hydrated and it's just a good reminder to because you you know you get so wrapped up in the tasks of the day and meetings and this and that that it's really easy to um, a forget to, to eat lunch and for sure I feel like even easier to to, to not drink any water, to overload on coffee and whatnot. So, you know, a simple question like that and making sure that you're hydrated uh, makes a big difference. And also something that we actually talk about uh, in the conversation with Kim. uh, This is a practice she actually starts her, her morning off with. Lastly, this podcast would not be possible without the support of Keo, our daily reflection app. All of these awesome people end up in the app to help guide you through your reflection so give it a spin it's in the apple app store all you have to do is search k-y-o and you should be able to download it there as always thanks so much for giving us your attention today and have the best day yet kim hi how are you? I'm
1: doing very well.
0: Thank you for being here. Appreciate your time, obviously. And your insights with our KEO community. I'm going to start with a very loaded question and we're just going to go from there. Okay. And that is who are you? <laughs> and what defines you?
1: Oh, geez, that is a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> so, who am I? My name is Kim Hardell and I'm the co founder of Blank. I guess that's kind of the basic. But what defines me? That's an interesting question and I mean obviously it could go a million ways with the answer but something that I was talking about recently and something that I think would be a good answer to the question is that I'm someone that's constantly wanting to learn and open to new information. So I think that's I think that's a very underused ability in our society I think a lot of people are just very steadfast in their in their thoughts and in their beliefs which is fair given all new information supports that I think it's important to just be open and be willing to listen to other people's point of view and other people's um, thoughts and take that in and you don't necessarily have to agree with anything with everything but to just disregard or to not even want to listen to someone else because their views oppose your own is a dangerous place to be.
0: Absolutely. So where did that come from? Have you always been like that? Is this something that you've developed over time?
1: I don't think I've always been like that, but unknowingly. So I think, you know, I used to think, as many people do, that certain governing bodies or certain groups had people's best interest at heart. You know, So whether that be a government infrastructure or some sort of corporation that was giving you information, I thought that was the truth, you know, like the, the right answer. Uh, so I, I guess i never even knew to question it when I was very, very young, but even, even in grade school. And as I started exploring and reading a lot more and just taking in information on my own, that really developed. And I'd say in the last maybe five years or 10, it's been the way I live. So almost to almost a version of skepticism that, People would consider it, it, it's weird. People actually would tell me I'm a very trusting person. Some people think I'm so trusting that it borders on being naive. But I actually feel I'm an extremely skeptical person. I don't really believe anything until I'm able to check it out for myself. I like to check the facts. I like to do my own research. But you know, once you have, once you trust a person and they tell you things and you believe, you know, they've, they've shown you a good track record of having good information, then you can, you can start to trust them. But I always just think it's a good idea to do your own research and to make your own conclusions. And, you know, there's a lot of information being spread around right now and you gotta, you gotta check for yourself. What's real.
0: Absolutely. Nice. Um, regarding your work, what, what puts a smile on your face every day?
1: Uh, Well, uh, a lot of things. So with Blank, I mean, I I really love the fact that we are enabling people, anyone, to be able to pursue their dreams. So whether that means they're starting a company that revolves around an app, whether that means that they just have an idea that they want to see what happens with it, or you know, giving, giving anyone from someone that's like a child in, in school to someone that's living in a developing country that might not have access to certain resources, it's kind of giving everyone the ability to test their ideas and to be able to put something into the world. So I, I think that that is going to be a game changer, and I'm just excited about the opportunity there.
0: Sure. I, I mean, the reason I ask that is it's kind of a little bit of a setup, obviously. Is that <laughs> I don't I know I don't need to tell you this but entrepreneurship in general is, is pretty glorified right now yeah. right. And all of us in it know how every day is incredibly challenging, right? Mm-hmm. And every day comes with massive highs and massive lows and, and all of that. And I old friend Gary. Yeah. Gary, he talks about that all the time. So, you know, for you, and you've been in this for a little bit, you've, there's been a couple of companies, right? I think you mm-hmm. exited one, yeah. and then before Blank, there was, was yeah, Back.
1: Yeah, Back.io. So, Back.io is actually the technology still exists within Blank, so it's okay. kind of like a subset of Blank. Gotcha. Um, not to use like a math term or anything, but BackIO is the is the backend technology, yeah. and we've now since built that built out the platform to n- enable the generation of an entire app, so front end and back end. Okay. So I mean that I Blank is an evolution of BackIO.
0: Sure. And what and what was the first company?
1: Dustbusters Cleaning. So I oh, ran nice. a commercial and residential cleaning company. Okay. Yeah, service business. Cool. Like actual real people. With yeah. real real bricks and mortar re- residences and yeah, it was uh
0: we were Dustbusters. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so that was my that was my first hand at uh my first try at entrepreneurship and okay. it, was, it was well, maybe not the exact first, but the first one that was, you know, I ran as for a yeah. while, like a real business sure. for a long time. Yeah. Sure.
0: Okay, so let's package that all together into kind of the original question which is around like how do you how do you push through every day? Like, what keeps you going? How do you navigate the emotional roller coaster uh, of the day? Right?
1: Sure. Uh, I think I'm gonna give a bit of an unconventional answer. Is Love it. is that I don't not, not always. Okay. Uh, it's it's tough, and I'm not gonna. I won't lie and say that I, you know, somehow every day I like, you know, put on my brave face and I'm able to do, you know, these three steps to get back on track. Like I have sometimes multiple days where I feel like it's just going downward or mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really affected by the season change. So, uh, you know, yeah. when it gets to be winter, you know, we live in Canada and yeah. it gets to be winter, it's, um, it's a lot tougher for me yeah. and it requires me being really proactive, but Um, I'll get to that in a a second, but I would say that it's, it would be dishonest of me to say that, you know, I found some solution that makes every day great. Sure. But so that aside, what I, what I would say is like, there are definitely things I've learned for myself that help me to set myself up for success. And like, there's proactive things that I can do. Exactly.
0: That's that's what I'd like to get to. Sure. So So, yeah, let's jump in it because I mean, at least from what I've experienced is you can have just such a massive high and then five seconds later, you know, you're getting punched super hard in the stomach and it's how do you manage that or and it's okay to take it in, right? And realize this has happened. That sucks You grieve a little bit and then move on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've got a couple of things and I think a lot of ours are probably similar to podcasts, things like that. But, you know, what do you do?
1: It's a lot. So I I do quite a few things, and there's some that are are pretty standard. So I like in the morning, this is somewhat recent, but in the mornings I do yoga, and I just do it at home. So I like to make things as likely to happen as possible right so if you have to actually go and go to the yoga studio it's not as likely to happen so I just do it at home I have a yoga mat and I try for about I'd say 20 minutes but sometimes even if I only have like six minutes I'll still do it sure so with that I I think that there's a really big connection for me anyway with getting my body moving in the morning and feeling that kind of mind-body connection and feeling strong and feeling like you are are capable and i I feel like that when i do yoga and then yoga is very meditative for me as well because if you do some of the standing poses where you have to focus or else you fall over you really do have to be present and you can't be yeah and it's so clear like if i'm if i'm trying to do something and my mind is on other things or i'm trying to you know do a certain pose but my mind's racing on what i have to do that day i i I am not feeling balanced i'm not feeling centered and i have to stop myself and say okay okay, kim like clear your mind, focus for a second. Do not think about anything. Just breathe be in the sure. moment and you can bring yourself back and find balance. So I feel like that's a great practice for me. It has been, um, even before that. So right when I wake up, another thing, this is something a friend taught me. It sounds so, you know, not rocket science, but, um, I drink a lot of water right when I wake up. Okay. So I used to, you know, I used to be like, Oh, I'll drink some water when I wake sure. up. Sure. Like but, how much water. Right. So that's that's the thing. I used to say, you know, most people know have a glass of water in the morning. Yeah. I'm talking, I have I have uh, my cups at home are like mason jars. Okay. I just yeah. decided I didn't want to buy mugs, so I just would take old spaghetti sauce jars and start mm-hmm. washing them out, and that's how I ended up having glassware. So if you think of like a like a, a spaghetti sauce jar. Yeah. That's my yeah. typical cup. So, like, yeah. Okay. I don't know how much that is. Yeah. Oh it's over five hundred milliliters though. For sure. So one of those Right when I wake up, I mean I brush my teeth, but then right when I wake up, I chug one of those as fast as I can <laughs> and then I'll like make my coffee and then I have at least one whole another one. So I guess that's like a lead, at least a liter yeah for sure within the first 15, 20 minutes that I'm awake. So one is even before I start yoga and then one is one is like during, but definitely before I leave the house. and water really wakes you up okay. Like that much water really wakes you up you know your body will go through dehydration when you're uh, when you're sleeping at night and then it's kind of like a a kick to your body in the morning that says okay we're up now like rehydrate all the cells and you know get stuff moving and I find like nothing has helped to wake me up as much as that so yeah a lot a lot of water right in the morning and then I do my yoga and I do have a, in you know, a gratitude journal is okay. the five minute journal yeah. at the moment. So I have that and I'll do that in the morning and just sure. try to do a little bit of meditation as well. It doesn't always happen that the meditation, but
0: yeah. there's a
1: bit of that in the yoga. So,
0: well, what's, what, what I am pulling out of this whole thing is that it's, and it's interesting because I feel like people have a hard time with this, whether it's mentally or physically, but you're. Because we started this by talking about, you know, something goes off the rails in the day and how do you manage it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's less about managing it in the moment. I'm sure there's things you do there, but it's more about the preventative things, right? Totally. And, you know, I think even a lot of parallels that we draw in this world trying to open people up to mental fitness is going into physical fitness. And, you know, you have to train or the marathon, for example, right? But not everyone's doing that, obviously. So people go to the gym on a regular basis, but they're going to the gym for like that moment, and that's it, they don't see it as All of these things are helping you when things go crazy, or when you, you know, for physical, if you have to like lift yourself out of a dangerous situation, if you go back to like Mm the beginning of exercises. So, I mean, that's where all that training comes into play. And same thing with your mental fitness, right? So,
1: completely. So, that's
0: that's key. I mean, and I think the other thing you, you listed off a few things in there. Um, and what's important is, like what you said, is even if you only have six minutes to do the yoga, that you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's key. So congratulations for oh, thanks putting that routine together.
1: Another thing that I, I, one of the other things actually in the routine that I kind of forgot for a second, but is um, I, when I, I hate being cold. Okay. I hate being cold. Sure. So because of that, every day when I shower. At the end of my shower, I turn on freezing cold. Oh, yeah. And I I worked my way up. So I started at, I don't know, four seconds. And every day I would add a second, add a second, add a second. And, I mean, I'm counting, so, you know, know if it's an exact second. But, yeah. I kind of stopped, I hovered around 30 seconds for a while, and now I started adding again. So I'm at, I don't know, 30, 37 or something. I, I probably won't go much higher than that because I like to take I'm short showers. I'm at 10
0: seconds, and that's.
1: So, but the funny thing is now that, so I was traveling for a bit, and the cold water in California is not the same temperature as the cold water here. Yeah, sure. So, so it was really cold the last few days. But um, when I first started, I would almost be hyperventilating. Like I would be in the shower like ah, like you can't breathe. It's yeah, so cold. absolutely. And then lately I found that there's much more of a calm. But and getting yourself to that mindset where you just resist, you know, you're, you're calm in the moment and it, it sucks, but you're able to just mind over matter. Yeah. And but the thing I think that's the most impactful with it is I never want to do it. I yeah. never want to. And I always feel like I, I try to I make excuses in my head like why I don't have to that day or, yeah. you know, oh, but today you're in a hurry or whatever. And so just the, the sheer fact of making myself do something when I really don't want to do it is helpful. Yeah. And knowing even when it's something that's going to be over in 30 seconds, right? And I still don't want to do it. So I force myself. So I'm trying to train for later in the day when there's things I have to do that you don't want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, just do it. Because most of those things are so minor and little, right? It's like, oh, yeah. I have to send these emails. Oh, I have to do this. You know, I have to look up this one thing. Or, oh, I have to edit this one photo or this one video. Yeah. And you always want to put it off. And, like, when you actually get started, you realize it doesn't take very much time at all. And you just should have gotten it over and done with. Sure. So.
0: I love that yeah. you brought that up and that angle. Because, so, I I, I was put on to that with, uh, by Kevin Rose. And, uh, honestly. The cold shower? Yeah. Oh, okay. And same thing. Like, any, every... I don't do it daily, but whenever I do it, um, I'm kind of almost cursing him in my head. <laughs> I really don't want to do it, but I'm always doing it, and I've always heard it talked about around just the benefits inside your body. Obviously, like the hot cold. Right. Never heard anyone talk about it from the I don't want to do this standpoint. So that's that's a great, great. Yeah, I kind running. of forgot
1: about the the benefit. Yeah, there is benefit, I guess, and it's in. Amongst women it's talked about to like make your hair shiny, which is silly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're like put cold water on your hair and make it shiny. Um so when you're young you hear this, but uh, there are benefits, but for me it's it's not it's not about that. For me it's much more to train for those little moments that I don't want to do something. That's
0: and really interesting.
1: So I'll be I'll literally be in the shower and I'm like, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna. It's like ripping off a band aid and yeah. I just like I, I you know, I just do it. I just turn it and I'm like Okay, no turning back now. Like, you just got to do yeah, it. Now you know? you're in
0: there. Yeah. Now you're doing it. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, I want to jump in a little bit to you and the way you work and the way you've kind of built your network and whatnot. Because, uh, I mean, we, we, we haven't known each other that long, but uh, I was tipped off with your name just with you showing up all over the place, <laughs> essentially, right? and clearly we follow a lot of the same people and whatnot, and I'm glad we have met. Obviously, we've got a lot of similar values, but you seem to be a master relationship builder, and I would love to chat a little bit about that on, I mean, you're speaking with alongside some pretty you know, reputable people. Obviously, uh, you're at awesome events where you know you're speaking and you're facilitating these these events and whatnot. Like, how how did that all come about, and and how do you do it, right? Because it's hard.
1: So, I've been trying to break it down a little bit. Um, there's a couple of things that I have taken. Because I mean, analyzing your own the way you operate yourself is sometimes a little difficult. Sure. So, I've always been someone that. I feel I can like connect with a lot of different types of people, mm-hmm. so I try to find common ground with anybody. Um, I think much of that comes from not really having a big, you know, not not staying within like the ego. Yeah. So. I've had a lot of experiences in my life. I've, you know, done everything from cleaning toilets when I started my cleaning company to, yeah. you know, flying on a private jet. It's been yeah. across the across the gamut, but to not be able to relate to someone because uh, they're at a certain point in their life or to only want to interact with people that are at a higher point in, in life sure. I think excludes you from a lot of possibilities. So I'd say that's a place to start is just okay. you know, being open and, and relating to all kinds of people. Yeah. Um So, with events, though, and and just interacting with people, I mean, I have some, what I feel are kind of like hacks for that, but as far as being out there and getting your name out there, I think being yourself and being genuine, vulnerable is a word that's used a lot right now, but with that, I just think it means, like, being yourself and, and not being worried about judgment, not being worried about what people are going to think about you, because people... Really like to connect with people that they see themselves in, sure. and if you're this polished, perfect person, nobody relates to that.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, not for real. Yeah. So.
0: Well, that's it, right? People can sniff that out, and they can you can feel when someone's real. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, I actually I recorded something about this a while back. I don't know if I ever. Now that I ever think, I don't think I ever posted it. But um, the Kardash the Kardashians are a really interesting example of this. So. A lot of people will, you know, speak negatively about the Kardashians, like, why are they famous? They don't do anything like, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe that's changed now because they've actually built a lot of businesses. But when they first kind of came out and whatever your view is on reality TV, the point and and the fact is that the Kardashians were kind of the first people that were a little bit um, real, I guess. Like they kind of showed their flaws along with what they what was exciting about their life you got a window in so people related to them and people really started to be attracted to learning about someone's life like the whole the whole range of their life the good and the bad so when people are like oh why are they famous it's like well you like every the people made them famous because you guys like to see that you just don't realize that's what you like to see and then when it when the tables are turned and you're asked to go meet people you put on this face and this cloak of the perfect polished person and then you wonder why you're not relating to people it's it's because no one relates to that yeah it's not real absolutely so yeah just being able to be more forthcoming about like both flaws and successes I think is is helpful and people will then be attracted to you. I mean, I think social media is such a good tool for that. It's kind of like the, you know, the new age billboard where you don't have to do this consistent one-to-one and go talk to and introduce yourself to every single person. You can kind of put yourself and your ethos out there, and then people that like that will yeah. flock towards you. Sure. So I think it's efficient in that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, so that's one part of it. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I can go into other things I mean, I sure.
0: add, too, just, just having interacted with you a few times, I mean, you're very passionate as well. I think, you know, that obviously shines through when you're communicating with people. You're real, you're open, You're but you're very passionate with whatever you're speaking with, right? So that's another quality I'd add, definitely add to your, oh. to, your, to your bucket. Thank you. Um, so is there anything, like, that you do on an ongoing basis to kind of continue to build your skills in, in that realm? Or, like, is there a yeah. reflection around there? or Yeah,
1: so... And I don't think it's what people think. Um, as I kind of mentioned, I think one of the... So in order in order to be vulnerable and to be open, you do have to be... You can't be afraid of what people think. And I won't say I've, yeah. you know, I've been a master at that. I think that's an, an ever-evolving process. But... My mom was really great for that. She really helped um, me. I can't speak for all of my family, but she really helped me not be so concerned with that. I was quite like I was made fun of a lot when I was a kid, and it was it was very upsetting. Like I would come home crying. There would be you know days where I didn't want to go to school, but I don't really know how she did it. If I did, I would maybe bottle and sell it. But she yeah. really made me believe that none of that mattered and that. You know, what mattered was who you are and what you can bring to the world and it doesn't matter what you look like and it doesn't matter, you know, if someone makes fun of you for having, you know, a gap in your teeth or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. So from a young age, I, I tried to work on that a lot. And I also really worked on building um, my my personal, like what I felt was my value and my identity around things that were immutable, like things that I created and no one could take away from me so it wasn't around necessarily what i looked like or it wasn't around the material things that i had or that i owned it was around who i am and what i know and know what my knowledge is what i can contribute so that started very young for me and as you as you grow and as you become an adult it it still takes work like you have to constantly be checking yourself when you start to have thoughts about you know uh, being afraid of judgment or being afraid yeah. of what someone's going to think so that being said what i try to do to keep myself on that page is i actually intentionally do things that are kind of on that spectrum like on the range of i might feel embarrassed doing this okay. or I wonder what people think if would think if I do this as soon as I start having that thought. If that thought even enters my head, like, I wonder what people are going to think or what is, you know, what if this person sees it, what are they going to say? It's kind of like the cold water thing. I'm like, yeah. I got to do that thing now. So okay. I intentionally try to embarrass myself okay. because I feel like you can build up resilience and tolerance to that. And the ironic thing is it's never actually embarrassing if you yeah. just own it right like what we're so afraid of like the stupidest things it's like oh what if i have to do a presentation and i fall on stage oh oh, who cares oh well you know oh well and i forget who i was talking to uh there there was i think it was when we did the last taste and hustle and i said something about someone's like oh don't trip and i actually made the comment is it weird that i kind of hope i do (laughs) sure because sure you know, that would be like okay, if that's if that's my worst case scenario, first of all, it's not that bad. Second of all, it's super relatable. People have way more empathy if you like, you know, if if you're not this perfect person, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of it's kind of weird that I I think like that, but I yeah I do things all the time
0: I love it and I mean the case the, okay, this is a great jumping off point because that's very stoic obviously um
1: true there's, yes
0: there's for sure stoic velocities that support that as well right um but there's two things I wanted to chat with you and we can jump into maybe the stoicism as well as you do a lot of let's say public journaling right through your Instagram stories and all that which again I mean I don't know if you don't seem like the person that's taking, uh, 35 takes of that video in the car, right? That you're, again, just whatever comes out is what's coming out. Right. Um, but how do you find the balance of public versus private journaling or writing or reflection, whatever you want to call it, that helps you as well. Right. That, you know, you don't necessarily want the whole world to, to see.
1: I feel like it's kind of, they're not separated. It's kind of like a, again like a range of of one or spectrum of of one thing and i'd even say that there is the goal to have them not be separate like for me the goal is to be yeah. as public and as open as i can be right. and it's not even really to um it, you know not to not to show off or not yeah. so not because i want the world to know that it's because for me that is kind of uncomfortable and yeah. that idea of having people know certain things about me it does make me uncomfortable so I like to push towards that and you're right I'm not I, I actually intentionally again sometimes we'll look at a video and say oh I don't know that looks weird and I just hit post anyway yeah. now if I don't you know it's only 15 seconds so sometimes you're saying something and you get cut off and you're like yeah. okay I gotta redo sure, that because I didn't sure. talk fast enough you know but yeah. um
0: but I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are not doing that or doing the reverse. Right, that yeah. I'm terrified of what's going to go out to the world, essentially.
1: Yeah, so and nice sometimes I do little experiments, too. I, I like to do a lot of experiments just okay. with myself and with life. So I'll do something where I'll take a video, let's say, where I think I look not so great. You know, I don't have no makeup on, lighting's bad, do a video, and I'll post it. And I'll get, like, more replies to that. Sure. All the times it happens. And I don't know... Um, why that is it's kind of interesting and a friend of mine so a while back when I kind of just started talking on Instagram stories a little bit more and on Snapchat I used to use the Snapchat video and like put a filter on and then put it on my story because let's say I was doing it at home after the gym and I you know it wasn't didn't have makeup on or whatever yeah. and one of my friends called me out on that and he said why do you put these stupid filters on your face like what you're saying is interesting and you're distracting with that filter yeah and I said because I don't know I don't look great or whatever And he said no one's watching to see what you look like like you're actually speaking about great yeah. things so stop that sure and I took that advice and I was like you know what sure like this is something you feel uncomfortable just do it and like I said, I ended up getting more responses than I, than I do when I have a you know, yeah. video when I'm out and about. So, um, yeah, I just, I try to take those little steps all the time that yeah. feel a little bit uncomfortable and then you, you just build up tolerance and you start, you know, things are less and less uncomfortable as you go yeah. and you find the people that that appreciate and that are interested in the same things you are. So um, I always say, I'm like, if someone tells me I'm the weirdest person they know, that's the best compliment you can give me.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I'm an only child and I get called weird all the time. So, and I'm the young man with the gray hair, the young old man as well. It looks
1: great. (laughs) I like it. That's
0: funny. You you said a lot of things there that were um, really awesome that I want to chat about because I think the theme that's developing here is doing many little things and doing things that you're not comfortable with and all that and a lot of the stuff that you mentioned right now also revolves around like worries right worries around what other people may think and, and all that and even for myself speaking from experience I'm trying to launch this business um there's always worries right and it's regardless of how you're releasing them i think that's the key is you have to release it i mean it's all i'm always just surprised that How effective is just writing out what your worry is, providing a little bit bit of detail there, and then within 24 hours, the worry's gone. Mm -hmm. The worry, we're formulating the worry, right? right? And like nine times out of 10, it it doesn't even come close to coming to fruition, right? It's just we've created and fabricated this whole story. And same thing, like, oh, are are people looking at what I look like or whatever the case? Like, we're doing that. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the other person, so... It's just, just whatever your release is, I think, is, is key. Yeah. Just let, it, let it out, right? And be okay with that.
1: I've also found that there's something interesting that happens, and there's a lot of power in being able to be that open and that yeah. vulnerable. Uh, again, not to use that word <laughs> incessantly, but because most people won't, right? Yeah. Most people are too nervous or too afraid or too worried to do something. That if you are someone that's kind of doing that, and being very i guess outside the box or you know acting in a way that is a little abnormal you get <laughs> unintentionally because that's not what people were going after when they yeah. did it but you almost get put a bit on a pedestal and people are like wow i can't believe you're so brave to act like this or you're so you're so able to yeah. to put yourself out there like that yeah. so you get almost an additional reward for not only do you get the personal reward of, of like becoming more less, less worried and less afraid yourself, but other people start to, to, um, give you credit for that when you're like, it's so weird. You're just being yourself. Exactly. You're like,
0: but I mean, and and this, this relates to a lot of things that I, I think people often see that as, Oh, you know, Kim, Kim did this one thing, right. And Oh, she got to haste and hustle and whatever the case may be, but it's, it's not the one thing it's. It's the every morning you're doing six minutes of yoga. It's you're chugging, you know, a liter of water. Like all of these things, and especially when it comes to mindfulness activities, just keep. It almost allows you to be pulled up to forty thousand feet and see what's happening in like slow mo, right? And okay, I can stop. I can do that. But you can't do that if you're just doing one thing every now and then. Type. It, it's a combination of all these practices and hacks or habits, whatever you want to call them, right? And you're obviously on an awesome track with that and it it takes work though so
1: work and consistency exactly consistency is the key to anything i really believe like i mean whether we're talking about mindfulness or fitness or whatever it is you know a lot of people will ask me about fitness stuff too i feel very strongly about you know keeping your body healthy and being in shape so that whenever that comes up and people are like how do you do it or i've tried yeah you know i kind of I don't know, if I don't know someone super well, I don't always know all the details, so it's not doesn't go for everyone. But when someone tells me like I've just tried for years and I can't lose weight, I kind of call bullshit on that because I'm like, yeah. you know, we all we all have our differences, but at the end of the day, we're all human. So you know, taking less calories and you work out more, you're gonna lose weight. That's just scientific fact. Yeah. So what I really feel is is the problem with a lot of uh, times when people are, are trying is just the consistency. Like you can't you really. People, people are not able to comprehend the um, the detriment that getting off track for even a couple weeks causes, right? Yeah. So you can you can be consistent with your eating and your workouts for like a couple weeks and then you go off track for like a week and a half. And then they're like, okay, I'm gonna get back on track. So now they're yeah. back on track for like two months. Exactly. Fall off for three weeks. And then they think that all those times that they were on track add together. And they're like, well I was on track for, you know, six months and I only kind of fell off track for about four weeks. Yeah. Therefore I should, you know, have kind of a five month advantage. But it doesn't work like no, that because no. every time you have To look at it more on like a graph, and every time you dip down, it's actually you know further down than like each one of those increments is larger than than the previous, and just all that work is maybe to get you back to the same spot. Yeah, especially if you're just starting on on a fitness and health journey, right? So, being consistent, even doing something minor,
0: yeah,
1: is going to pay off in the long run way more than than trying to just you know, do things in little sports. Exactly. I mean, that's, that doesn't apply to every single thing, but um, in health and fitness, I think it does for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the other thing, and, and as you're speaking, you're, you're, you reminding me of a conversation I had with Leo Balota from Zen Habits and Kevin, actually, Kevin Rose. And the concepts that are coming here is that, yeah, you need, you need consistency, but I think us just as people also need to be okay with like we're not gonna do certain things all the time. Like okay, that we fail in one area, but I'll, I'll give an example. So something that that, and again, coming from these conversations that that I've used is, okay, I, I try to meditate often, and but let's say let's say tomorrow I don't do it while well, while at the gym. Maybe I'll do the shower thing instead, right? But like, the, I think what's key is is find all your 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 habits or your practices, whether the mental, physical, and make sure you're doing something consistently right but it's okay if you don't feel like going to the gym that day but do something else that help your health yeah and kind of keep keep something moving moving forward
1: right so on that I'm glad you brought this up because I know what you're saying but I, I also kind of feel like for most people the idea of you know thinking okay I, I need to give myself credit or I need to be okay or I can't be so hard on myself I think sure. that that's like sometimes detrimental I'm not saying that's exactly yeah, what you're yeah, saying but yeah, yeah. I actually think most people it's need excuses. to be harder on themselves yeah, yeah. I, I think that the people that end up being in situations of overwork or overtrain are very rare like for real yeah, that yeah. situation is very rare uh, most people that are afraid of that or they have people in their in their family or in their, their friends that are saying don't work yourself too hard you're gonna go you know you're gonna be overworked, you're going to overtrain. It's just, they're they're nowhere even close to that. Yeah, they're yeah. nowhere. So sometimes if you're saying, uh, I don't mean you, but, you know, people are, oh, you know, I need to give myself a day off or, oh, it's okay. No, it's not. Yeah. You need to be, you, like, I really do feel people need to be harder on themselves. Sure. But what you, one thing you did say that I, I think is um, a good point, and I try to do this, is... I kind of establish in my head like what are the what are the hard rules and um, Tom you, I don't know if you listen to him much mm. but uh, he refers yeah. to like bright lines so you know yeah.
0: the non-negotiables like
1: yeah non-negotiables, non-negotiables. So, yeah. so the thing is don't put too many of these because then then they kind of lose their value right they have to actually be non-negotiables yeah so you know it might be like how long do you go What's the absolute longest you'll go without doing something physical? So yeah. maybe for, you know, for me, I, I, it's like 48 hours. Yeah. Like if I haven't worked out in 48 hours, I I have to, have to do something. Yeah. That might okay. just be some push-ups and some sit-ups and some, so, some yoga, but I yeah. have to. And it's non-negotiable. So when you can establish things like that for yourself, I think that that's where that kind of, what you just mentioned, where it's like, you know... Life got out of hand today. Uh, maybe you know I'm not feeling very well. I have a headache. I'm not going to go to the gym today, and that's okay. And but just stay within the framework of of where are your non negotiables. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not as severe for everyone, but I feel for myself because I just know how things can really go off the rails if I kind of enable that behavior of oh it's okay, oh it's okay again, oh the next day it's still okay. Yeah, you know yeah. if I let that go too long for myself. There's no... It doesn't help. It's sure. not positive at all. It actually is the complete opposite. And I end up, you know, very, like, depressed and unmotivated.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... No, from, I agree yeah. with that. I think what, what, what I was trying to get at is that it's... Ha- have your non-negotiables. Yeah. And it's okay to swap them. Yeah. If, you know, for some day you're not feeling it. And it's, it's... But I also, you know, also... You know, just like putting yourself in situations where, you know, you know, doing the shower, you don't want to do it, but you do it to help train yourself. Like it's kind of the same thing as well. So it's a balance like anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, what's key is that you're doing something.
1: Right. right? And that
0: you have some sort of uh, belief and vision moving forward for you as a person and uh, you're consistently doing something.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that increases over time too, right? Like your ability of what you're able to push yourself to do, like yeah. your own, I mean discipline's something that I've been working on for myself a lot lately. Sure. And the cold shower is part of it, and just trying to be, you know, in, in trying to grow my own self-discipline. Some people might think it's good, but you know, looking from the outside, but I always feel, like I feel like there's always room for yeah. growth, and there's definitely areas in my life where I feel I'm not as disciplined, which bothers me a little bit because I think that in some areas of my life, I'm really disciplined. Like when it comes to my eating or, you know, making sure I work out, I feel like I kind of got that part down and it's been a habit for so long that, you know, I don't need much, much effort to, to carry out those habits. But in other areas, it's difficult. Sure.
0: But I mean, we're, we're so similar in a lot of those things. Like (laughs) for me, same, same thing, same time period when, but I feel like shit if I don't do it, right? Like that's the key, right? And like you physically know that, okay, well, I, that's why I feel like garbage right now.
1: So, so that, what you just said there, that's part of how I, um, think about when I talk about, you know, people should be hard on themselves and it's, it's that, so there's, um, I don't know what this methodology or theory is called, but when, if some if I do something and it's, you know, my, I would say it is my own doing now sidestep for a second. I kind of believe I, I do believe everything is my, is my fault. I believe I'm responsible for everything in my life. We'll come back to that in a second, okay. but it's, it's something, you know, there's a, there's a negative outcome. Let's say I'm tired because I didn't get a lot of sleep or, yeah. you know, I'm late because I didn't plan well or whatever the case may be. I rather than say, Oh, it's okay. Like you'll do better next time. I, I, kind of do the opposite where I actually try to really bring about those feelings and think about how bad that situation is, how shitty I feel, um, how, you know, what, how negative the situation has become and really sit in that feeling and try to feel it so that I can use that to try to make it so I don't do that next time, you know? So, so the next time that similar situation comes about that the The memory of that negative repercussion is yeah. really strong, yeah. and I can use that as an like an aversion tactic to, sure, to have better discipline.
0: <laughs> sure, so a perfect segue because I definitely want to get into mindfulness and stoicism, mm-hmm. and I mean that's clearly a mindful practice, right? Um, and that's very hard for a lot of people. Um, so our goal obviously is to try to pull exactly what you just said certain insights to help people just. Again, it's not going to all happen overnight. But when those things come up, okay, just stop for half a second. It's okay to slow down a little bit and, like you said, go through those motions to figure things out. So, just to to lay the the groundwork, a, a couple. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple definitions uh, from your perspective on what what mindfulness is and what stoicism is for for you.
1: Sure. Um, so mindfulness for me is. I'd say it is being present is being aware of the thoughts that are actually going through your own head. Sure. Because most people operate on such an autopilot that they think a thought or an event is 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 the same thing. Like they'll think they're one and the same. Now Stoicism is is very similar to that in that the Stoics believe that you know we do not control the events in the world, we do not control what happens, but we control what we make of them. So we can control ourselves and there's many things in life we can't control, but the things that we can, that are are what we are in control of, then, you know, you do what you can to keep that stable. So uh, some of the thoughts and the practices in stoicism sound very, uh, they sound very extreme when you're looking from the outside in. But when you start to read a lot and you've kind of gone through some of the, the practices and the ways that the, the Stoics have laid out their teachings, then it makes a lot more sense. So mm-hmm. just... And before I even ever got introduced to Stoicism, yeah. I was I was thinking in that way. I
0: just didn't know that's what it was. Yeah.
1: You it's, know, so... It's a very
0: practical, right? Yeah. It's, so how, we're, how how did it come about in your life?
1: So I started attending, like, personal development seminars and things, I'd say... Maybe like 15 years ago, I kind of started yeah. reading. I think oh, wow. Tony Robbins was one of the first introductions or you know, the secret, yeah. some of these things that were kind of popularized. Yeah. So I started attending seminars and reading and listening to audiobooks and it was like eye-opening. I just really yeah. got into it because I, I didn't grow up in that world. Like I grew up in um kind of the, the world where things are assumed to be a certain way and mm. you know you don't really have as much control as you you do you don't think you have as much control as you do so that was an eye opening experience for me and just that's been a constant development and I want it to continue to be constantly developing and personal growth and you know mindset growth and all of that so the one thing that I started adopting as a belief a long time ago and many people disagree with me on this and I have like you know debates with people but um, it. it is just the idea that I'm responsible for everything in my life. Or, you know, that I can take any any event, good or bad, and it, it was because of, like, I caused it, right? Now, okay. this, this thought is, a lot of people don't like this, because they, you know, there are, of course, some things that, are completely unavoidable like you can't you don't control the weather like there's a hurricane you don't yeah. control that so we're not saying that I caused the hurricane but the the thing that I was thinking beforehand and the thing that you know stoicism wants you to think about is that you don't control the hurricane but you control how you internalize that and what that means yeah. for you and what the effect that has on your own life right so an event and a feeling are not one and the same you can interpret things differently yeah and You can see this in everyday life. I mean, this is not some hocus pocus theory. You know, a situation, there there could be 10 people in a room and something happens, an event happens. Let's say someone just comes in and is rude to someone, or, you know, comes in and starts yelling every single person in that room is going to have a different interpretation of that event. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear that our own experiences that we've gone through in life, our own preconceived notions, our own biases are going to affect how we interpret things. And unless we are able to actively monitor our thoughts and, and realize why we're interpreting something in a certain way, and then after the realization is the questioning, like, you know, why am I thinking about it this way? Yeah. Is this the right way to think about something? You know, have situations in my life caused me to think about something in a certain way that is possibly inaccurate or is not serving me well right now? And should I work to to change those, those preconceived notions about something? So just being able to have that pause in between taking event in, yeah. you know, the, the actual stimuli and then the response to it is yeah. life-changing.
0: Yeah, you just, you, I mean... I had a feeling you were gonna go there with this one, but I was gonna to try to pull it out of you, but you, you perfectly summarized it because that's where all these mindfulness-type activities, right, or practices really set you up to, again, pull you up to that kind of 40,000-foot view and then be able to do a lot of the things that are being discussed with stoic beliefs right Mm -hmm. so I love it because it's just like it's a perfect marriage of of practices and thoughts and and you just what I love about all this stuff is it just keeps getting better and better right like there's no there's like there's no end in sight right right you just feel like oh well all right I'll open up my here's a plug for Ryan Holiday but you know my daily stoic book today and I know something is going to be pretty awesome on that page like there's it's not negative Mm -hmm. right I'm better for reading that page and there's another one tomorrow Yeah, right. (laughs)
1: Exactly. I know it's, I think that's the difference too with, um, it kind of helps you identify where you are in your, your growth curve, but whether or not that excites you or terrifies you, right? Like some people want there to be an end. Some people say, okay, well, when will I know it all? When will I be able to say I've, you know, I've evolved and it is that it's never right. You want there to be the constant the yearning for growth and the yearning for for education and learning and and developing as a person so i mean staying on the stoic thing for for a minute again this is something i didn't realize was a stoic practice until i got more into it but the idea that there's no blame like now i'm so aware when i hear other people yeah. Use the type of language, and depending what situation I'm in. I mean, sure. I don't, you know, I won't necessarily at your average like networking events start calling people on their shit. But um, yeah. people that are close to me or people that I, I speak to regularly will have these conversations, and I also ask and encourage them to to definitely reciprocate that with me if they ever mm-hmm. hear me speaking like this. Though I've kind of worked that out of my habits at, at this point. But you know, you'll hear people say like someone made me angry, or you're making me really upset right now, or, uh, you know, and and that type of language um, isn't it, it it kind of shows where someone's at in in that mindful practice, because I believe, and uh, this you know, stoicism agrees, but no one, no other person can make me angry. No other person can make me upset. Yeah. No event can can make me feel a certain way. That is all in how you internalize it. Now it's true that uh, if you really care about someone and let's say someone's very close to you in your life, uh, you love a certain person and they say things that you find hurtful. That's not to say that that's not real and that you, know, you should yeah. just be stone cold and you have no emotion. That's not at all what it is, it's just Realizing what what is actually causing the feeling that you're that you're feeling, and sometimes it is you know betrayal. Sometimes it's like someone didn't live up to your expectations that you you thought they would they would, or you know just different types of levels of emotion, and being able to convey that and express that and have communication around what's actually going on and and yeah. how something does make you feel. But there's also a lot of power in someone else not being able to affect your sacred garden of your mind
0: yeah absolutely well said i mean i have nothing to add to that <laughs> <laughs> really well said um we could probably talk for hours on yeah, that topic can. but mm-hmm. i want to respect your time so i uh, definitely want to start wrapping up and get the three questions that you either ask yourself on a frequent basis or during big life-changing events or decisions that you found have been helpful to help with your reflection
1: Sure. Um, I don't know if I have three, but I can, I definitely have, I have one that comes to mind for sure. So anytime a situation happens that is not favorable. So anytime something doesn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, I always ask myself, what could I have done differently? What can I learn from this? And what could I have done differently uh, to create a different outcome? And you know, again, depending who I'm speaking with, a lot of people think this is me being too hard on myself. They think, you know, I had no control in this event and it doesn't, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. there's
1: nothing I could have done differently, but I just don't agree with that. I think there's always something that, and and it, maybe there's a 1% chance where there really is nothing I could have done, but yeah. then it's not something I could have done differently. It's how could I think about this differently? Yeah. You know, how can I use this to serve me rather than be a negative uh, force in my life? So, sure. you know, what could I have done differently? How can I think about this differently is is something I, I, I say in my own head all the time.
0: It's a great question. It's... Um and I'm going to add to that for you, if you want to try it out, since we, we are Friday, because um, this has one, been one of the most impactful questions for me, is what could I have done differently this week? And it's all for me, it's always, I have it in my calendar every Friday around three or four in the afternoon to just do a quick little scan of the calendar, the meetings, the tasks that were you know completed during the week or weren't completed, and just literally for five minutes, just what, what would I had it? Would I had a? Wow, I can't speak. <laughs> would I had a, a different conversation, or, or or handle that conversation differently, or done this differently, or whatever the case may be? So tr- try it out. I mean, because it seems like you do it naturally mm-hmm. when things come up, but. It's a nice little recap of the week as well, yeah. and what went well. I
1: think exactly, that's, key, that's so. um that's in the five minute journal. Uh, yeah. At the end of every day, it says like what could have made today better. I think that's the exact question, or something yeah. like what would have made today better. Uh, now, I find also for myself, uh, I I have you know attention issues at times, but um, sometimes waiting too long. I, it, so doing it at the end of the week or the end of the day, I think is helpful, but for yeah. myself, I started trying to do things even more frequently. Oh sure. So breaking it up even smaller, right? So rather than, cause sometimes the end of the day will come and, you know, I'll feel a little upset with myself that I, you know, don't, the day didn't go yeah. as planned and what could I have done differently? Maybe there's a lot of things, but at the end of the day, now it's time to go to bed and now yeah. I maybe can't sleep because I'm stressing about all the things I could have done differently. Yeah. So I try to even break it up. In shorter segments, where even maybe in the morning, it's like, okay, how c- could this morning have gone better? Okay, yeah. now let's maybe try to get myself back on track for the afternoon, and then in the afternoon, okay, like, can I get back on track for the evening? Yeah. And it's it's just having that discipline to be so consistent with yourself yeah. and like check, you know, checking in with yourself and keeping trying to keep Shit. your word to your. It, and meditation is really great for this because a lot of uh, a lot of meditation teachers will tell you, it's not about having a clear mind for 20 minutes. It's about every time you get off track, bringing yourself back and bringing yourself back and, you know, over yeah. and over and over again.
0: Being able to see your triggers.
1: Exactly. That's, yeah.
0: that's key. I, I love how you, you pitch that because it's, I mean, for me too, it's, if something comes up, there's no better time than in that moment once it's passed, um, like right there, okay, um, this is shitty. Uh, how could I have changed this or whatever the case may be? And then move on, and you, you've addressed it. the The weekly summary is nice, just because I mean, you could you still have gone through those 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 moments, obviously, and hopefully those reflections. But then it's just a nice way to kind of cap off the week, right? And almost I've heard people use the transition into the weekend as well, and try to okay, I've released all of that, we've dealt with that. I'm going to focus on this coming up, and it's just again, it's a nice transition
1: mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I'm going to try. I will say that I don't really have like weekends. But um, when you you start to have, I guess, like family and and things, it it changes a little bit. But um, another question that I just thought of, uh, I heard this somewhere and this really, you know how sometimes you just hear something and there's like a a spark that goes off and it really resonates with you. This did with me. So I, um, to preface it a little bit, I growing, you know, my whole life, this has been a constant struggle. I'm like a horrible procrastinator. Okay. Horrible. And... I used to tell myself all these things like, oh, I work better under pressure. I you know, you know, like <laughs> when the deadlines close, that's when I get really creative and all the things that procrastinators sure. like to tell themselves. So the one thing, though, that I found lately, recent, like the last year, has helped me a lot with this. Uh, I don't, I don't know the exact quote, but it was something speaking about being able to think about like long-term goals and how far you can look into the future versus okay. short-term. And I, I think it might've been like Nassim Taleb or someone. Mm-hmm. And they, they were saying, you know, if we, if someone, cause a lot of people say live every day, like it's your last, yeah. right? Diem. Live every day, like it's your last yeah. is the day. However, if, You actually said that. And you were like, I'm going to live today like it's my last every single day. You know, most people would do very near-term, enjoyable things. So they'd be, like, drunk on the beach every day. Yeah. And then if you live every day like that, you know, you pass 60 days being just, like, free-for-all drunk on the beach. Yeah. You actually are even more upset and more unhappy with your life than you were previously. Most people, anyway, that have, you know, real desire to contribute to the world. So, um... Oh, we didn't speak about this. But another thing I do is I have like affirmations that I read. Okay. And I, ha- I have to get, uh, sometimes I, I forget a little bit, but, um, yeah, I jump page. around a little. See you my, this, this is, good. this is my attention Which, squirrel problem. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> this hold on. Be
0: good. What are my affirmations?
1: So I, I, write them out and I used to have like 20 and I've condensed it down to 10 because I oh, wow. felt like I was not doing it cause it took too long. Yeah. So I condensed it down to 10 and I have them written and I say them in the mirror. I look at myself in the mirror when I say them. And that comes from Zig Ziglar, actually, because they have their own. I got that from him. They actually have on their website. um, Maybe I can give you the link and you can include it in whatever notes they have some affirmations that you can use. And they're they're great ones. But then you can also write your own. But they talk about saying it in the mirror and looking at yourself in the mirror because it's really hard to lie to yourself. Yeah. So if you say something that it you know it's something you're working on, it's so interesting because you'll say ones that are let's say habits that you've developed, but you just want to make sure you keep consistent. Yeah. And then there's other things that you're working on or things that you're not there yet, and you can tell when you're doing them. Like as you go down the list, the ones that are not really true yet, but you're you're trying to you know visualize or speak into existence. (laughs) Yeah. It's like this weird thing that happens. You almost don't want to look in your own eyes because you know it's not true and yeah. You know. it's so weird because you think it should be just easy to say it, but it's not. So okay. part of those um, affirmations, one of them that I say, and one of the things I really try to remember is to act and to to go about my day thinking about long-term goals. Because what will make me happy in the short term is not necessarily what's going to make me happy in the long term. Yeah. So things like... You know, just like blowing off the afternoon to watch Netflix all day. Sure, I'll be really happy in that moment. But when I think about where I want to be six months from now or a year from now, is that getting me closer to that goal or not? And how happy is that? big goal in comparison to watching netflix all afternoon right like that big goal will provide much yeah. more satisfaction and much more happiness so just being able to look at those two up against each other like in that moment mm. i try to use those as comparison so anytime i want to do something that's you know procrastinating tactics like oh i should really and my procrastination is so weird i'll be like oh i really want to watch this video on on like unsolvable math problems this is, actually, this is like for real, this is this is real. What, like I did this last night. Um, yeah, I was watching like, <laughs> like P okay. versus NP, like all these like, unsolvable math problems. This is what I do, watch YouTube videos. You're weird. I know, I, thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, that'll be my procrastination tactic. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I wanna watch a bunch of weird YouTube videos yeah. when I really should be doing something else. But when I think in that moment, I'm able to say, okay, if I do option A, How close does that get me to this goal? And if I do option B, how close does that get me to this goal? And which one do I really want? Do I really want this goal? I do. And then I go. I think about the the emotions and the feeling, and I visualize myself with that goal. And I think, okay, that's what I really want. And it just helps, like recalibrate
0: sure. and
1: set yourself back up to say, okay, what should I really be doing with this next hour and a half? Yeah, probably not watching silly YouTube videos sure. or Netflix.
0: Solving math problems. I love it. Yeah,
1: I mean, some of those math things are necessary for what I'm working on right now, but Fair. some of them go. I mean, Fair. you know, the YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it's no, horrible. I hear you.
0: <laughs> it's like I mean very well very well said i mean i think it comes back full circle was the, the very first question i asked you who, who are you what defines you or what makes you smile about your work and you kind of you, you went into more of a purpose statement right of what you're doing with your business and and yeah. wanting to help and whatnot like all that stuff kind of links back right i mean i can't imagine not having those things and pushing through every day, right? Mm-hmm. Without having your long term goals or your higher purpose and all of that. But that's a great that's a great tip for the I'd I i am not I do affirmations as well, but I've never done that in the mirror. Um,
1: try I'm it. Try tell, it me out. To, tell me how it goes.
0: Yeah. But they're so helpful. I mean I did it yesterday with the the whole New York trip, right? It's like a four AM to eleven PM kind of Day. Yeah. And the affirmation was simple. There was three really important meetings, and I will bring the same level of energy to each one of these meetings. Energy and passion, right? And then, okay, there's my intention for the day. Way you mm-hmm. go! It's unbelievable how how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. One more question for sure. you, or sorry, one more question for you to provide to us. Oh. Because uh, I'm just I'm, I'll include what are my affirmations. I think that's a good people to think about.
1: Um. Which ones do you have on there? Um, What
0: would I have changed?
1: So I guess kind of the other one is is what I said, though. I I actually think that's an important question, but just um, about, like, what are my long-term goals? And is what I'm doing, and is what I... The choice I'm making right now serving that long-term goal.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, awesome. Last question. As we sit here today, together, you and I, what are you most grateful for?
1: My family. I, I mean, that sounds a little cliche, but I... As we're speaking here and we we're just talking about long-term goals I'm thinking about them so uh, yeah my family I'm very close to them and my sister has kids now and they're they're just growing so quickly and I just uh, that's actually something that I mean not to not to continue this on but uh, as an entrepreneur I, I'm sure people and you can relate oftentimes you, you tend to push things and you say I'm gonna work really hard right now so that I have more time later Right. And you think, you know, you sacrifice going out a lot or you sacrifice hanging out with the friends and you sacrifice doing the the quote unquote fun things to work on your business. And I actually very much enjoy working on my business. So for me, it's not as much of a sacrifice to miss, you know, a birthday party or a night out with the girls that it doesn't bother me. But what I've had to do recently and what I've tried to be a lot more diligent in is Realizing that the rest of the world my family and friends in particular don't operate on that schedule their life doesn't stop because I'm I'm launching a business. Yeah, so that's become very apparent to me with my with my nephews my sister has, has twin boys, and they don't stop growing just because Auntie Kim's business isn't in full swing yet and there was a time yeah. when they were in between, I guess, just under a year to about a year and a half where I hadn't seen them in quite a while. And when I saw them, they didn't recognize me. Oh, wow. And like, okay. I'm almost going to tear up right sure. now, like thinking about it. Like it, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. And they, they don't live here in Toronto. They live about three hours away. Okay. So the fact that they didn't know who I was, I was like, this has got to stop, Kim. You know, like yeah. it, they, don't, they don't stop growing because I don't have time. So I have to be... I have to make that time right now. And that is important to me. So just remembering and and making an effort to, you know, if if I care about other people and the people that are close to me in my life, then I need to give them my time as well. And I have to give of myself and be there to to spend time with them, right? Like my friends are wonderful and they're understanding. And a lot of them are entrepreneurs as well. So they've been very understanding about, you know, my limited time. But at the end of the day, like, it's not just about me having fun. Sometimes yeah. other people want to see me, right? Yeah. and i and I forget that because i I'm kind of a, a person that can go a very long time without seeing or speaking to someone and pick up right where I left off. Yeah not everyone is like that, and i and I need to realize that spending quality time is important to people so and and I enjoy it obviously when I'm there with them, yeah, but I just don't always feel and it sounds horrible to say, but I don't always feel like I want to sacrifice that time you know, when I'm planning my week or whatnot. Yeah. And I've said this to my friends, like, pers- they, they've not, it's not the first time they've heard this. It sounds like cold yeah. almost, right? Antisocial. But when you're, when you're thinking about your week to think, oh, I'm going to take, you know, the weekend off because I'm going to drive out to my sister's house there's like sirens that start going off in my entrepreneurial mind that is like, no, like you have so much stuff to do, but to, to be able to have those points throughout, throughout the the months where I do that is, is important to me and I'm making much more of an effort to be okay with that and, and let that be a thing that that's important in my life.
0: Perfect close, perfect close, because I'd like to, I'd like to thank you, uh, for A, being so open with me and everyone that's listening or that will read this. Um, I think openness is probably the theme Mm -hmm. of of this chat. I mean, especially what you just mentioned there, just being open to what others uh, also want to get from you and your Mm -hmm. family, being open with yourself. I think it starts there and you provided a ton of insights and practices. I think that can help a lot of people. So, you know, thank you for that. And thank you for driving every day um, Personally, mentally, physically, on a nutrition level, everything to you know get your work out there that'll ultimately help a lot of other people. Thank uh, you. Hopefully, us included, quite <laughs> soon. So, so thank you, Kim.
1: Thanks. And, uh, I've, I've enjoyed this a lot. I love talking about awesome. this. Awesome.